TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Warning. The Outsider's Edge contains strong opinions, unconventional views, and contrarian stances. Listen, if you dare. Hey, yo. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, as we give our deference to the Tongans, I'd like to welcome you guys to another episode of The Outsider's Edge. Before we say anything or do anything further, happy Hanukkah to my Jewish brethren. Shalom. Shalom. What is it? How does it's a uh, uh, Chag Samarak or whatever it is? If I said it wrong, I apologize. I can't pronounce it, but like still to our Jewish, our Jewish listeners and brothers, we love y'all. Yeah, shout out. And specifically, the big homie from uh, Bandwagon Nerds, Attitude of Aggression, Dave. Shout out to you, bro. Yeah, Outsider's Edge, uh, you know me, Rance, a.k.a. Ray Cash. You heard Kyle. Carl's here being quiet and drunk as usual. Hi, Carl. Yo, yo. And we got friend of the show back for another episode. We got Rob Burnett with us. What's up, sir? Hey, what's happening? My apologies for falling asleep last week. Hey, man. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, bro. They don't need to know what happened in Gorilla Kayfabe. Uh, I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it a buck with y'all. Normally, these shows are really fucking planned. We came up with the topics like five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, if that. Yeah, if if five. Uh, it's, like, it's like planning. It's like how Vince plans Monday Night Raw, right? <laughs> no, if if it was with Vince, Vince plans Monday, Night, Monday Raw, Night Raw, if it was like Vince planning Monday Night Raw, we would have figured out the topics as the show had started. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I didn't know Vince planned things. I just want be. I just want people to know that I also shit on WWE, despite people calling me a member of the Fed Defense Squad. I just want people to know. That's you all. know, what we should do. We should do for the holidays a fuck WWE episode, just so people I, can get back. I could easily I do mean, it. I'm I could start with something man. like um, Bray Wyatt his cheeks. You know. <laughs> Man, so don't make drop ass, your ass off. <laughs> drop you off the fucking call. Don't play. It's too early. Fair enough. <laughs> I won't um, do the. I won't do the other thing, man. I don't. I really don't want to get kicked off. Just yet. yeah. You know, look. My my trigger finger is itchy tonight, sir. That's fair. Uh, no, guys. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna be bad. Um, and it's it's ironic that we didn't have any. It's it's been a busy week for me personally, and I'm sure the rest of the guys. But it's been a crazy busy week for wrestling. War Games was this weekend. Uh, AEW Dynamite was probably the biggest show of the year. They got like within, I think, like 5,000 viewers of a, of a million, which is big shit for them. Um, Sting made his first interview. Shaq was on Dynamite. Karrion Cross is back in NXT. Uh, a lot of big shit happened, man. Um, uh, there's the rumor that Goldberg is coming back. That hurt my heart to say. Why? Uh, 
Goldberg. Goldberg. Let's break this shit down. Let's let's start from the top. War Games was this weekend, and I'm going to throw it out to you guys, but I do want to say this. I fell asleep during the original War Games card. Um, had a crazy day. And the only thing I saw Sunday was the two actual cage matches and Thatcher and Champa. And those three matches alone made me think it was an A-plus pay-per-view. And I went back and watched the triple threat and the strap match. And oh, my God. That fucking card, that show was top to bottom fan-fucking-tastic. I'm going to throw it out to y'all. What did y'all think? Um, go wherever you want to go. We, For those of you who don't know, uh, Team Candice LeRae won the first women's um, War Games match. Uh, Ciampa beat Thatcher. Uh, Loomis beat um, Cameron Grimes. Uh, Johnny Gargano stole the win and won back the North American Championship with the help of his new son, Austin Theory, I guess. Blech. Yeah, well, yeah, there you go. And uh, I'm I'm all for the story. I just don't like the guy, but it is what it is. And uh, the Arrow Boys did did they did the damn thing in the main event. So yeah, go ahead. What you guys think? I mean, my favorite match of the night was Dexter Loomis versus. Is he going? He, he's going to the moon. I like that. Uh, God, I love that match. It was so fun. It was. Um, I like the finish. You know, I've seen a lot of strap matches in my time as a wrestling fan. And one thing, you know, we said last week on the show: if you watch wrestling long enough, like you have seen everything there is to see. You've seen every type of match that there is. Um, so when they can find a way to do a finish that is different and interesting, mm-hmm. I'm always here for it. And so, like, I love that whole getting him, getting his legs tied up with a strap and then pulling it out from under him. So he uh, bangs his head on the table or on the chair and then... Choked his ass uh, out. Yep, then, yep, just choked his ass out. I was here for all of that shit. Beautiful shit. So good. Rob, what'd you think, man? Um, look, I love the whole show. And one thing I was worried about, I was worried with the men's match that they were just going to be just doing, you know, flippy shit inside of the cage. Because in some of the previous ones, they kind of turned into that. And they didn't do that. They got good and violent, which is what I'd hope for with these matches. Ain't nobody flippy do uh, that would have been in that match. But ironically enough, Pat McAfee. Well, yeah. And well, because because um, before, I mean, they had like Ricochet in there and one of them, and sure, uh, sure, yeah, you know, but so I mean, they got good and violent. The women's match was good and violent. And look, I thought at one point because, um, oh, uh, when Dakota and Emma were just in there by themselves and like they were scraping each other across the cage, I thought they were gonna start bleeding or something. I mean, yeah, I mean, so they, I mean, they got good and violent, and like actually, every match in the card was good and violent. <laughs> The point. It was a very violent card. Yes, and motherfuckers were injured. Bobby Fish is hurt. Had he had to reattach his, uh, reattach his triceps. Dakota has some type of injury, although I don't know if it's kayfabe or not. Candice legitimately broke her wrist. Johnny had to get a whole bunch of stitches. Only Lorkin had to get a bunch of stitches. Like they was really, they really like laid it in. Yeah, and then like the only, I mean, I didn't like the the finish of the triple threat when it happened but 
seeing where they're going with Johnny and Candace and all them, you know, seeing Wednesday night, how that's going to go. I'm okay with it now. Yeah. And especially if we're going to get, um, it looks like we're going to get um, Kushida going after Johnny here at some point, it looks like. All for it. Push Kushida. Yeah. Push him. So, yeah. Uh, and it's funny, like with Thatcher, I Thatcher's one of those guys that I I was wondering why they signed him because I mean I watched some of his stuff like on the Indies and all that, and to me he was always you know this guy's really skilled, but he was kind of boring. So I mean I like the kind of tweaks they put on his personality since he's come over, and yeah, I mean I love watching his matches now. So I mean I look I thoroughly enjoyed the whole show. And that was probably out of all the takeovers this year. One, uh, as far as all the way through, yeah, because on all the other ones, there had been some matches that were just obvious that just felt like filler, either that or there were some. I got you. I got you. Yeah, every, well, every every match felt like it mattered. I feel you. Yeah, yeah, and then even though, um, like going in. I, yeah, I was kind of like, well, why are they doing this Champa and Thatcher thing? And that turned out to be really good. And they're and it looks like you know they're going something with them, some kind yeah. of way. I guess we don't want to end up, but there's there's a story they're doing there. But before so, I throw it, before I throw it to Carl, I want to I want to talk about that real quick because I know a lot of people had questions of him signing because he, like you said, Rob, Thatcher isn't a personality guy. He's not a charisma guy. He's not a character guy. I think Thatcher has been one of the biggest surprises of 2020 because he's been fantastic. He's he's shown a lot of charisma. The whole Thatcher's that you can and how he beats the ever-loving fuck out of his trainees. Yeah. And 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 then the best part about Thatcher, I think, is and I'll throw it to you, Carl, is every match feels like it's real. You know, we watch wrestling so much that we know all this shit. We can we can see the spots or hear the spots or whatever. When you watch a Thatcher match, you're thinking, man, are they shooting? Oh, yeah. Oh, like like the fight pit with him and a riddle? Oh, my goodness. Well, I, I, will, I truly believe in my soul that, that w- they called that shit on the fly. I don't think that was... Like, no producer had to hand in that shit other than for camera angles. Like, they called that shit. They had to have. Because they were really out there throwing bombs. Go ahead, Carl. Yeah. Uh, so, just to, to kind of piggyback off Thatcher, what I, um, first of all, the singles matches, oddly enough, were my two favorite matches of the night, which, if you know me, isn't maybe all that surprising. Uh, I typically lean towards the hard-hitting type stuff in general that isn't – bogged down isn't the fair word because the War Games matches were very good, but that isn't full of people. I like That's typically where I, I can just focus on two people the entire time and not really have to worry about all the other things going on. Uh, so those were my two favorite matches. Um, Loomis and, and – Cameron Grimes being my favorite because the strap match, those matches usually suck. And like Kyle said, they really managed to, to make it good, interesting with a creative finish. Uh, and I love Loomis anyway. I like Grimes too, but I, I really like Dexter Loomis anyway. So I think, you know, as far as making a match that I typically would not enjoy work, that really hit for me. So that's probably why it was my favorite. And of course, you know, Champa and Thatcher just beating the shit out of each other is that's that's my kind of stuff. You know, there wasn't like there was you know Thatcher's ear got 
started bleeding or whatever. That's too, that's minor, you know. Like I don't like gushing blood, but that was pretty good. It just felt like you said, Rance. It felt real. Um, and so, um, you know, those to me, those are the best the best matches of the night. The War Games matches were very good. Um, of course, there's a lot of great spots. The Ember Moon Eclipse. Like, come on now, on Dakota Kai. That was one of the highlights of the night, spots of the do, night, I thought. Do you think that spot was better than the bitter end on the chair? That uh, shit made me audibly scream. Yeah, I okay. literally jumped out of my bed and screamed when I saw that. So I would probably say the bitter end was a better spot. Uh, but I, and I loved them both. It's, it's hard for me. Like, to me, it's it's kind of uh, splitting hairs. Of course, Io Shirai being her charismatic self, jumping into the cage with the trash can on her. I'm trash. <laughs> oh yeah, I did see that. There was just so much good from that pay-per-view. And I like the triple threat. However, it is ruined for me because Austin Theory is, you know, you know how I feel about person. Yeah. You know how I feel about Austin Theory. And not to mention, even though it is clever because his name is Austin, the whole it was me, Austin, blah, blah, blah. That was funny to me. But I got you. But that was that was the only part I liked. That was funny. Right. I, I can understand it. But so, yeah, but outside of the, I would say the triple threat was probably my least favorite of the night, even though they were all good. Like you guys said, top to bottom, as good of a card as you could ask for. And NXT TakeOver has always had the formula. You get five matches, maybe sometimes just four. You throw it in two hours, two hours, 15, and you it's just perfectly, typically paced. It never, it never feels, you never feel bored at any moment it's just very rare that you watch these shows takeover shows and get bored like i don't watch nxt regularly um but i always try and make it a point to watch the takeover matches because i can catch the video package get a gist of what's going on with the feud and then watch the match and just be legitimately uh entertained so i, I thought it was a, a a great a great show um i'm not gonna say any more about it. i'll let you guys move on oh. there but yeah i really enjoyed it Quick question. I feel like oh, we would ahead, be sorry. remiss, though. I feel like we would be remiss if we didn't take this opportunity to also say, once again, Pat McAfee out here stealing shows. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this no, you're right. Just you just fucking natural. Yeah, Pat McAfee, like he just he's got it figured out. I mean, it. I mean, by the way, let's just real quick. I won't like go crazy about it, but McAfee's moonsault. That's a thing of beauty, my friends. Yeah. So was the yeah. swanton off the top of the cage. The like, swanton was yeah. good, but I just felt like I watched McAfee's moonsault, and I it, it looked like Kurt Angles, who I've always thought has yes, like the most Kurt. perfect yeah. moonsault. And so to me, when I'm watching, I'm like, oh my god, I'm watching, you know, not Kurt Angle, but Kurt Angle. You know what I mean? So yeah, and and they let him kick out of the Panama Sunrise. That's huge. Yeah, that was really big. That's a very that, protected move. That is one of the dumbest moves ever. <laughs> and I'm sorry. I, I, I look. I love. Look, Adam. I love Adam Cole, but I cannot stand the Panama Sunrise. It's just it's dumb. So I saw some people were complaining about Pat kicking out of it. I was like, good, kill that. <laughs> movie. Well, it worked for you because yeah, because it didn't finish the match. So, question for all three of you, real quick, before we kind of start transitioning away. Who had the better war games match, the men or the women? Um, I say it's a tie, and that, and because look, I was on I was on another podcast yesterday, and I said it was a tie, so I will say that again today. So, so that I don't get caught being inconsistent here. 
Um, and that they're, and I think they were different kinds of matches, but I think both in their own way were just as good. Whereas last year, I thought the women's match was head and shoulders. Uh, yeah. Match. I'd agree with that. So, I mean, this year, I, I have it even. It's just, it, it really comes down to a matter of your own preference. Pace, really. Yeah. Um, I would take the women slightly. Uh, actually, not, I mean, more so because it felt less predictable. Now, granted, I picked both matches wrong, but as you're watching the matches kind of unfold, I felt like the women's match felt a little less predictable and ended in the less predictable way, too. Like, because I never really was sure who would win. Like, I like we argued, we talked about it on the on last week's show. Uh, you know, Undisputed Era, you made a good point, Rance, that they haven't fared necessarily well in the War Games matches. Um, so them winning didn't come as a shock. And I guess the women didn't either, but because it felt a little more up in the air to me, and the fact that it was Raquel Gonzalez getting the pin over the NXT Women's Champion, I think that, to me, like certain parts of the unpredictability kind of lended itself to that being the better overall match. Look, I'm not going to argue with anybody who chooses them in here. They were both great. But I think just on a personal preference, even on a rewatch, I think I would probably still lean towards um, the, the women's match. I see. I was gonna pick the men's match, but that was because personally, I was more invested in their story. Like the story of Shotzi versus Candice was great, but like I was way more into Undisputed Era versus Pat McAfee and crew. Um, so like, I give the slight edge to the men's match. I say the women kind of because of what Carl said. The women's match was more frenetic. It was more random it it used what clive likes to call organized chaos it it was like really just a like a, a bunch of craziness that you did you if you basically if you turned your head or blinked your eye you missed something whereas the men's while it was more violent uh i felt like it was a little more structured um but to but that could be because all all eight of those guys let's say all eight all seven of those guys, take away Pat, are all kind of very similar in rank. Right? They're all, Adam Cole isn't a brawler, but you know what I mean. Like all those guys are kind of brawlers that like to get down on the mat and like to hard strikers, and it was so it was a lot. Whereas the women's match had a you had a you had two hosses, you had a bunch of high flyers, you had mat workers, like you had a plethora of different combustible elements, but. Um and yeah, carrying cross back, so that's a big deal. Um, we have a we have a New Year's Evil, the very first uh NXT of the new year on the sixth, and Finn Balor will be defending his title, and it's more more than likely either going to be against Pete Dunne or Kyle O'Reilly, and uh, carrying. It was going to be Pete. Me too. I think so, because Pete. Didn't he didn't squash him, but he had a very convincing win over Killian Dane. Um, and Pete looks the part; he's ready. Um, but uh, yeah, Carrion came back and beat the holy hell out of Damian Priest. So like, yeah. shit is moving. Shit is moving on NXT right now. Shit is also moving on everybody's favorite brand, AEW. Or I'm sorry, what is it? What's the name of it? All what wrestling? All friends. All friends wrestling. 
Four marks, five marks. <laughs> Four marks, five marks. I forgot about that one. <laughs> um, so, again, give them all the credit in the world. They, they damn near got a million viewers this week. I ain't giving them on, shit. I, I'm going to give them credit because they are putting on compelling television, even it, if they're baiting and switching people. It's, I mean, it is what it is. Like, I, I, I truly believe, if I like it or not, give the credit where the credit is due. They deserve credit. They Two weeks in a row mastered, over 950. They have mastered the art of carny. Their show is carny as fuck, but so is wrestling. But remember, they, so they have officially, I don't know, I don't think their fans have accepted it yet, but they have officially, as a company, accepted the fact that they are, pro, that they are sports entertainment. Cause that's all they are right now. Um, when you have they signed Sting and brought in Shaq, y'all, that's sports entertainment. Oh, you oh you've missed the best part. So you know there's gonna be so they announced three big shows at the end of the year. So they got some special show at the end of at the last Wednesday of the of the year. Then the two next shows are special shows that Jericho's commenting on the first one and Snoop. It's commenting on the second one. Yeah, take my fucking money. Snoop Dogg on commentary is money. I told you guys. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm just going to say, like, every time I hear about special shows with AEW, especially now with, like, how they use the Game of Thrones theme for the winter is coming or whatever, like, all I can think of now is, like, like, they're going to do this for every show. So, like, one week it's going to be, like, how I met your brother. For a show or something <laughs> sure. like that. Something um, where they can theme their shit. You know what I mean? Like, well, and, and what to be fair, to be fair to them, they, they've done that all. They've been doing that for the for the better part of the two years. But the reason they do that, and I completely actually agree with this thought process, is they only have four pay-per-views a year. So because they have four pay-per-views a year, they can have special themed episodes that will feel like pay-per-view-esque shows without paying for it. Well, I feel also, that. They also can't. They don't have the trademarks to <laughs> a lot of <laughs> well, this shit. They can make their own shit. This Cody, Cody the only one out here throwing bitch fits because he can't have the bunkhouse stampede I know, or whatever the fuck laugh. it is. Like, they can't use Halloween Havoc. Or you know what I'm talking about? I can't use Hog Wild, so I'm going to throw a pissy fit. Just Let's call it Razorback Wild. They're not in Arkansas, bro. Let's try. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll, and I give them credit for this. I've always given AW credit for this one thing. Tony Khan has had shown a propensity to pivot when it when it calls for it. So the fact that he jumped on the Snoop thing as quick as he did deserves fucking credit. Because nobody is hotter right now in the commentary streets than Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Dog, I could listen to Snoop Dogg commentate on somebody getting knocked the fuck out all day. Every day. And Snoop is a WWE guy, remember? Uh, yeah, Sasha's his Sasha's cousin. cousin. He's really. on his... He, do, he does Sasha's theme. He just had the collaboration with, with Taker. So, like, that's almost taking something away from WWE. It's a yeah. smart-ass business move. I, mean, I don't think an idiot by any means. It's just, you know... I just, for whatever reason, like, I can appreciate them... Accepting what wrestling is, as Kyle said, like, look, it's, it's a fucking carny show. Like, that's what it is. Like, stop trying to present yourself as anything different. And the fact that they are kind of attaching themselves to that and understanding that this is this is what works, you know, like just kind of be, like wrestling. I can get sports anywhere. 
I don't need sports with AEW or WWE. I got plenty of shit for sports. Like I got, I need sports entertainment. I need a storylines and soap opera and drama. So Speak, I can, I can, I can live with that. Speaking to that, this was the first week where they had their official AEW Impact partnership. I know Rob had a point about that he wanted to make. Before, so before we all get to that, go ahead. Okay, so all right. Whenever I hear about you know companies teaming up, I am always very wary of that because, as y'all know, the history of wrestling companies teaming up is not good. It, it starts out, you know, all fun and promising, and then it usually ends with one company stealing people away from the other one. I mean, that's usually what happens. Because, you know, and then usually one of the two companies you know, is going in with that in mind to start with. So when I, when I heard about this, I immediately started thinking, okay, Tony is going to, when this, however this thing ends, some of the people in Impact are going to be on AEW. Because if you look at it, uh, I mean, Tony's already signed people away from NWA. Uh, you know, Eddie Kingston was there. Ricky Starks was there. Um, he's already signed people away. You know, well, MJF was an MLW, and you know, he signed him away from there. And also, now it looks like Brian Pillman Jr. looks like is coming over. Also, yep. So Tony is not averse to taking people, okay, from other companies, and not like. You know, I'm not talking about disgruntled, you know, WWE folks who got released. I mean, um, he he has no problem signing people away from smaller companies, you know. Um, and I guess it's okay when he does it. But I mean, it I should be okay when anybody does it. To be honest, like, why shouldn't it be? Fuck it. Because you know, people scream bloody murder when you know evil Vince just offers to pay somebody more money than the chump change they were making working for, you know, Rob and Kyle's indie company. Right? I, mean, <laughs> I would never it. run I would never run a carny ass wrestling company. Are you Bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I don't even believe that. Is this this episode is we don't believe you, Kyle episode. You don't have to believe me. I know I'm too smart with my money to invest in a wrestling company. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't but I, I don't. I don't think they. I don't. To your point, Rob. I don't think they. The fans have realized that he's doing this. I, and that's the genius behind him. What he's doing. Well, see, and that's what. And then, look, honestly, that and look, that is the whole. That's the kind of ace in the hole that AEW has had from day one. Is that people just don't suspect that they're the same type of people. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> you know, look, I mean, people. They. Uh, they. they uh, People trust the direction that AEW is going. You know, they, trust, they have faith the in the writing. And, and it wasn't, but also, look, I mean, I mean, people going on about, you know, Vince being a Trump supporter and all. And I mean, AEW folks, every bit as MAGA as the McMahon family. And That's factual. I mean, yeah. I mean, so it's just, they get, you know, they get, a free pass for all kinds of stuff. And it's because, I mean, I'm, clearly there was a section of wrestling fans that was desperate for 
just some kind of major wrestling program not being run by Vince McMahon. And you can literally do the same shit that Vince is doing. And the fact that they aren't Vince, you know, is gives them points. So, so, so let's, 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 add, let me ask this since we're talking about that. Because I think all four of us know that if WWE partnered with a company, they've partnered with companies before Evolve, ICW, and all these other ones, but none of them are as big or as high profile as Impact. And Impact is not as high, Impact is like in the, Impact is George Mason compared to WWE's Duke and uh, you or whatever, you know what I'm saying. But uh, what, what do you think either company has to, to, to give the other? Between well, AEW Impact. Okay, well, like what? What is what is the crux of the partnership? What will be the result? Okay, because now, because actually, I read there was a story on um, was it Wrestling Inc. today, and I'm, I'm gonna get to that because that ultimately explains a lot of this. But going in, I was thinking that well, Impact has a women's act to give a crap about. Well, yeah, that's we've all said that. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and they have a couple of good tag teams that they could, you know, offer up for some cross-promotional matches. And then, you know, AEW has to offer, like, people like, you know, Kenny and the Bucks, who are, like, the most well-known people who have, you know, not been affiliated with WWE at some point. But do y'all really think that they're going to actually wrestle for no. or on Impact Television? No. Well, no. this, this story in Wrestling Inc., Said, um, now if it's to be believed, then basically the the Kenny promo thing from Tuesday night on Impact was just a thing he and Don he just did it as a favor for Don Callis. Basically, so this is, this whole thing is basically Kenny and Don Callis having fun together. That's like, what it feels like. Yes, and, and that's including Kenny's little heel thing on Dynamite, right? This is all just this is Kenny and Don Callis having fun together. This is and, all friends wrestling where everybody's friends and <laughs> yeah, and, and according to this wrestling inc article, there are no plans to do anything. Okay. I'm cool like, with that. Like nothing. I mean, so and to me, yeah, you know, that's the kind of thing, okay. Because and, and you know, ever since last week, all, you know, people were just buzzing like with all these, you know, fantasy matchups that they wanted to see. Even people who worked in impact were tweeting out like stuff they wanted to see and they were hoping to see by doing mm -hmm. this. So they, they got people's hopes up mm -hmm. and it looks like they're not going to do anything. So it, it, it feels like to me that all of this was done specifically because Kenny needed Don Callis for his character. Yes. And that, and that's it now. Well, Cause motherfucker can't get a promo. No, we'll, use, and, we'll talk about the promo he did on Impact there's also, and there's AW. Also, there's also, though, to be fair to that, um, and Carl, you don't watch New Japan, so like, I forgive you for not really knowing as much about it, but like, there's a lot of history between Don Callis and Kenny. Like, a lot of kayfabe history. And that's fine, but, and but I, have like, an, I have an analogy for y'all, though. Okay. Because imagine if all right, one Friday on SmackDown, they had a backstage segment with Okada hanging out with Shinsuke, and they were just, I don't know, shit-talking other people in, 
or whatever, or talking talking bad about you know other people in you know, right? Imagine if they just had that, and then never did anything again. You want to know why it's not a big why it's different to me, and I feel your analogy. But the reason why it's different, and I think the reason why I don't feel as good about this AEW Impact partnership, is because the weight class, they're not they're not fighting in the same weight class. This is a heavyweight coming down to like to to welterweight saying what's up. So like it never was even anyway. So it's of course it's gonna be a big deal when the guy, top guy from AEW comes to Impact. Rich Swan would be on dark if he was on, if he was signed to AEW right now. That's no district one, but that's just what it is. That's a that's a fact. So, so it's it's a it's a bigger company reaching down saying, "Hey, what's up?" Whereas New Japan is really the closest WWE has, even more than AEW. I would argue because they've been around longer and they've they've shown. No, they're not in America, but I mean globally, you know. Um, but I, you, I see your point. If they let it go, I don't. Eventually, somebody from AEW is going to have to wrestle somebody from Impact. Eventually, well, this, but I don't think well, it'll ever happen on Impact Television. Is my point. Sorry. Well, the, what this article said is, was suggested was that uh, you know Gals and Anderson might come work a match on Dynamite. Okay. Well, that's what they want. They're all buddies. Oh, and again, what is it called, gentlemen? All friends wrestling. So, so yeah. what's what's the point though? Just someone help me out. As someone who doesn't give a shit, someone help <laughs> me out. Someone help me out. What is the point of the partnership if you're not going to utilize it for anything? Well, so okay, can I jump? In, can I jump in real quick? And I'll go ahead right afterwards. But I think this is another case of us as fans jumping the gun. They never said the word partnership. Okay, well that's fair. I can live with that. That's. Fair, but I will say that people jumping in the gun and fantasy booking stuff for another certain wrestling company that was never actually promised to them and doesn't happen, well, they get mad about that all the time. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, um, people get mad all the time about shit that, that, that was never promised to you on a WWE broadcast and when it doesn't happen. So if we're going to be consistent, then well, you know that's that's impossible for IWC. I just I kind of have we gonna be. I I kind of have this. Um, we we talked about this a lot. Uh, this is something that's been mentioned in wrestling circles about how WWE has a tendency, especially for their NXT brand, to hoard talent. I know we've heard. I know you guys have talked about that. You know, this is something you guys have heard before. Oh well, they're signing everybody so that they can just keep people away from company X or company Y. And so, and I'm cool with partnerships, by the way, like if that is something that they are actually considering doing at some point, I'm all about a partnership because of the idea of getting, you know, matches you may never be able to get otherwise. But I think, okay, so AEW has had some, they've done some stuff with TNA or not TNA. I'm sorry. Impact, right? They mama named them TNA. I'm going to call them TNA. They've done some stuff with NWA that, they, you know, they have worked with other companies in a lot of ways. Like, and they've also managed to snag some of that talent on their own roster, uh, you know, from NWA. They've, they've, you got Eddie Kingston over there now. You've got um, oh, uh, Starks. You've got some guys, right? Thunder so, I mean, Rosa. 
Thunder Rosa. Is she officially AEW? You might as well call it that. She ain't okay. Fuck okay, that's fine. That's fine. I can I can live with that. She ain't been on any other programming, right? So, um, I think that there's we have to be consistent. You, we talk about it all the time when when you join up with these other companies and kind of form these alliances. In a lot of the same ways, you are hoarding that talent too because now you're using them for your shows. That That isn't, you know, the Impact guys are not going to WWE, not that Vince would ever have them. But my point being is that, you know, when you're – this is another one of those things where it's always fucking gravy when it's whatever the Khan family is doing and it's always nonsense, whatever. And that, that's kind of always been my beef. Like, it, it's not so much that the shows are bad or good or whatever. I'm sure AEW is fine. I just get – I get caught up in the fandoms and, and the toxicity of it all, which is why I, you hear me say this repeatedly. I'm so over fandoms, just wrestling fandoms, sports fandoms. Like it's just nothing but a bunch of jabronis saying a bunch of shit that doesn't make sense, not make sense 99% of the time. So it's just like, just kind of let it be and let it live. And I'm cool, but I, I, I personally cannot get into, I cannot scroll Twitter or social media without wanting to punch an AW. Like, hardcore, like, everything they do is perfect guy in the face. My issue isn't that... My issue isn't people thinking that everything AEW does is perfect. I don't have an issue with you standing a product. I don't. Stand whatever you want to stand. Sure. What I have an issue with is the assertion that the product that they don't watch is nothing but trash. Because they don't like it. Like, okay, you don't like it. That doesn't mean it's trash. Like... I don't like Goldberg. I'm not here for Goldberg. I'm going to be super fucking pissed if you give Goldberg my head of the table um, because my tribal chief deserves better than that. But that doesn't make it trash. That makes it bullshit, but it doesn't make it trash. It's one decision in a sea of decisions. You know, like, and I try to give AEW credit. I don't watch the show, but I actually like, I like Sting a whole lot. And so, like, I mean, you guys know I'm like a huge fan. And so, like, it's cool that he's there. I think it's awesome that he's a part of it, a part of it all, you know. But then it turns into, well, he might be wrestling. And I'm like, okay, the dude is 61, you know. So there's just things about it where it's, there's so, the inconsistencies bother me more than anything else with the or, fucked up neck by the way what's that with the fucked up neck right yeah, yeah. so i mean there's just there's a very like if there was like more of a consistency behind the arguments and more of a you know just be fair to it all i could probably get behind some of this stuff a little bit more but i'm struggling with that and that's one of the biggest reasons I've been turned away from the product in general, not because of the talent or the guys that work there. I like a lot of the guys that work there. So it's, you know, that's kind of been the worst part is because there are a lot of guys there that I really would care to watch if I wasn't so turned away from the way they operate. If that it makes reminds sense. Me of, it reminds me of college football in a way. You know, I say this as a big college football fan. The reason I say it reminds me of college football is because like, Nothing will turn you off quite like fans from other schools. Because 
Like, no, because, like, legitimately. And, and my school does it all the time. I'm a fan of South Carolina. South Carolina's fucking trash. Like, we're fucking trash. Trash, trash. <laughs> and yet there are people out there in that fan base talking shit to other schools. And I'm like, look around, motherfucker. This team just finished two and eight. <laughs> ain't got a good, like, ain't got good shit anywhere going on in this program and you talking shit like it's there's a difference again it's okay to stand stand whatever you want well actually you know what no it's not hangman page is right it's not okay to stand listen to the rest (laughs) of the song y'all listen to the rest of the song (laughs) but like be there for whatever you're there for, but just because you're there for one over the other does not make the other trash. It just doesn't. The the world is bigger than your opinion. Well, they, they there's a lot of presenting opinions as facts, and that that is probably my biggest pet peeve with everything. It's like it's cool, man. You know, if you think something sucks, great, but don't tell me, hey, this sucks. Whoa. whoa. I think it sucks. Fine. I live with yeah. that. I'll be like, no, 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 no. This sucks. And here's why. Or this suck this sucks. And what you like is bad and what I like is good. That's that immediately will run me away. That's the yeah. real crux of the problem is the like insinuation that you liking the thing that they don't like makes you some kind of fucking moron. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, it- it's oh, it so Rance. You and I have a lot of different opinions on the wrestles. Lots yes. of different opinions on the wrestles. Yes, but I don't think you're a fucking idiot for liking the things I don't like. Agreed. And I don't think you're a fucking idiot for liking the things I don't like, except for Johnny Bravo. Who shot him? <laughs> you brought it up, not me. Because I, I knew it was going to happen. You know what? It's called guerrilla warfare. Nobody uh, <laughs> really gorilla. Um. Me, me, Rob, and Carl had a run-in with this very issue today on Twitter. I say run-in, it wasn't contentious, but the same issue with, and I don't want to call anybody out personally, so I'm not going to say anybody's names, but a guy who writes semi-prominently made a tweet um, basically saying that uh, if you don't, if, if uh, he, the crux of the, of the tweet was that the AEW, there are people that don't like the AEW Impact Partnership and think it's moronic, but uh, that's the most exciting thing that's happened and more and more interesting than anything that's happened in WWE today. Well, that's fine. That's your opinion. But when you say something is fact, you're going to get pushed back. And when this gentleman got pushed back, initially, if you talk to him long enough, he seemed to kind of change his tune but initially it was like what you what you mad about at my opinion for because you fucking wrote it on twitter like we we all have an opinion yes we all don't we all have a voice we don't need to use our fucking voice but we all have a voice yes but understand people are going to disagree with you when you present something that presents something that it can be incendiary as fact it, I'm 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 not even gonna. The first I'm not gonna. A lot like a driver's license. Just because yes. you got one does not mean you got to use it all the time. 
Yeah, like I'm not gonna shit on anything. Um, people who love the, who think the AEW Impact thing is the greatest thing ever. But this year in WWE alone, head of the table, Rubber Reigns, Edge's return, a two a two night no fan pre recorded WrestleMania, like the shit that we've had that we've had this year. Becky Lynch announcing her pregnancy, the things that we've had money in the bank on the roof of the headquarters, like the things that we've had, and that's just main rosters. Bailey and Sasha. Nothing. Well, how, about the, how about the graveyard match with Taker and Boneyard or bo- yeah. or Taker Boneyard, retiring? Boneyard, yeah, yeah. All yeah. the things we've had, like nothing. Nothing is as exciting as not, n- mind you, not even the prospect of the partnership, but a ten minute interview with Callis and Omega in a bus. Sir, what could be more exciting than Kenny Omega versus Rich Swan? Champion versus champion. Hey man, don't diss Rich Swan, bro. Because Rich Swan is Rich Swan. I'm dissing. Honestly, and and I'm gonna say this, like legitimately. I I won't say it's the most exciting thing in the history of ever, but I will say this. I would pay money to watch Kenny Omega face Rich Swan in a match. I legitimately would. Well, from from a and you are entitled to. You are more than welcome to give your money to that. I respect. You doing that? That is your hard-earned money, sir. I'm not. Let me say it like I'm not saying that it's like the dream match that mm. I'm just like dying to see. What I'm saying is like that'll be fun to watch. Hey, there are some impact in AEW guys. I'm down to watch grapple. So, oh, like yeah. legitimately, like I I do not say this with any hesitation in my voice. I would pay damn good money. For a program centering the North versus like half of AEW's tag. Yes, yes, like, I would agree with you. Like, shut up and take my money right the fuck now. Give me some Josh Alexander and Ethan Page versus FTR. Give me them versus the Bucks. Give me them versus the Best Friends versus Santana and Ortiz. Like, give me the North versus these teams. Here for it. Go ahead, Rap. Oh, all right. So, I mean, that would, from a ringwork standpoint, that would be that would be a good match. Now, as far as you know, getting back to the partnership thing, because it's funny because I wasn't I was going to write uh, I was in the process of writing something for the Chairshot website about that, and I kind of stopped because once that. Once I read that story and saw that it looked like there wasn't going to actually be like any type of real partnership, that kind of bummed me out a little bit. But um, look, I mean, like I said, the history of partnerships is not good. They don't they don't end well, and I don't know. I guess I was <laughs> I was kind of irritated, really, because. Like now, the fact that they're not going to do anything, it looks like, and because we know what's going to happen, no, like nobody's going to call them on that. And I, that's what, I mean, that's what you know, that's what irritates me more than anything. That they're going to do that, and nobody's going to call them on it. And yeah, you know, and then there's not a week that goes by where somebody isn't, you know, going all caps on Twitter because of something that didn't happen on. You know, Raw or SmackDown, something that was never promised, but just it didn't happen. And every you know, every week there are people just mad about stuff that's not happening. And 
you know, they got all excited about this and it's more than likely isn't going to happen. And, you know, I'm expecting to not see anybody upset about it at all. And uh, you, you won't, you won't. And but, that's, yeah, it's just one of those things I know. And, you know, it's just, at this point, we got to eat it. It's just the way it is. Um, I know, but it, it, and you know, but it, it is irritating though. And, you know, uh, but but now just to speak about partnership in general again, one of the main reasons that the, that they don't last is because, and you guys were talking about this last week, somebody has to lose the matches, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, you can't have, you can't have a card with eight company versus company matches and have all of them go to, you know, double countouts and double DQs and all of that stuff. Like some people have to lose, and that's where stuff breaks down because. Even though AEW is a bigger deal than Impact, if I'm Impact, I'm not having a Rich Swan job to Kenny. Hell no. Does Rich will Rich Swan get the get the match? Is the question. Go I ahead. Mean, Sorry. AEW is a bigger I mean, deal than Impact, like in the modern wrestling landscape. But like, if we're just talking like long term lineage, like AEW still got a year or two before, like. Oh well, yeah. They surpass, like they will surpass Impact. I'm not saying that that's never going to happen. They will. That will happen in like two years because the height of the greatness of Impact is like three years worth of good material and sure. fifteen years worth of mediocrity. But, but like Impact still is the they're the cockroaches of wrestling for a reason. But I think they've passed. I think AW's passed Impact significantly for this one reason. And then I, I want to get more to Dynamite, uh, the three the three major things that happened on Dynamite. The main thing that a the main thing that AEW has done more than any other company that's ever existed since WCW is, is that they relevant? have. Well, that's important. But they've <laughs> they've they've found a way to take just in, an inkling of market share from WWE. It's a little bit, and uh, they, they can't take it all. When you think wrestling, you think WWE, but they. Have they 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 have a prominent television television uh, contract. They have um, a prominent toy line. They have a prominent video game coming out. They have they had their own hashtag with their own championship before it happened. They they're they're having their people on major television shows. They're, the market share is just slightly. They've taken a little small chunk you know, out of it, which CNA never was able to do. But you know, but you know what I get, and I'm gonna give it. AEW a lot of credit here because you know what the difference is? AEW is a properly run company. Good management, damn right. At the time, like the closest that Impact ever came to doing this was when they were on Spike. Mm -hmm. And the choice that they made was to bring in Hogan and Bischoff. And go head to head with Vince on Monday. And, yeah, and air on Monday in direct competition with Raw. AEW yeah. went in, and they wanted Tuesday. They settled for Wednesday. They wanted Tuesday. We know this. They wanted Tuesday Night Dynamite. They still own the trademark. Yeah, like, that was their thing, but TNT was like, well, hold the phone. We got the association on Tuesday nights. Um, <laughs> we'll give you Wednesday. Uh, so, like, they made that choice, 
But their fortune there is, okay, we got to go head-to-head with WWE, but we're going head-to-head with the third brand. We're going head-to-head with the kickstand. So we got to go head-to-head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got to go head-to-head with the juggernaut on Fox or the 30-year mainstay on the USA Network. We got to go up against the developmental brand. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they're a better-run company. And I give them credit for that. They're a better run company. Cody Rhodes leveraged his connections with Stephen Amell to like actual relevant television shit. Um, and they look, rev- they leveraged that Turner deal. Look, man, I know some lemonade stands on the corner that are run better than TNA was at certain points. Yeah. That's facts. Like, Same. let's be real. Let's be real. If TNA had been a properly run company, AJ Styles and Samoa Joe never would have left. If they would have been a properly run company, then people would recognize Kurt Angle and be like, hey, you're t- from TNA, right? No. Motherfucker wrestled there for 10 years. Hey, man, why you don't wrestle no more? I'm on TV every week. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was real. So let's move on to Dynamite. I, I, want, I want to touch on a few major things that happened on Dynamite. We ain't got to speak about it. Um, we spoke about Kenny Omega a lot. Well, Kenny and, uh, Kenny and Dunn Callis had an interview with Tony Schiavone where Kenny basically said a lot of the same things he said on Impact. Um, you had the sit-down interview with Shaq and Brandy about Jay Cargill where Brandy threw the water in Shaq's face, which is... For, and then Sting had his interview with Tony, which <laughs> led to Cody coming out. And so basically I'm saying all this to say all of this shit is revolving around Cody's fucking ego trip because Shaq is going to end up fighting... Uh, fighting Cody. Sting is supposed to be there for Darby, but is having segments and, and issues with Cody. Like, yeah. So I'm Y'all take that from me, because I'm sick of this motherfucker. I yeah, mean, Cody. Go ahead, Rob. You go first. Yeah. No, so I was like, Cody Hurst Helmsley? I mean, I'm not even going to disrespect Triple H that way. No. He's <laughs> Garrett Runnels. Garrett <laughs> Runnels. I'm sorry. Well, that's how you I'm... really feel, Rance. But no, I, mean... I, I, I truly have grown to hate those two people so abhorrently, so much. They're just so phony. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. We, I, I, we did throw the. You, you got it, man. I'm sorry. I'm gonna okay. I'm okay. Okay. my No, no, it, it's cool, man. It's cool. But um, it, it, it is funny um because. Yeah, so he's involved with he's in this thing thing and he's in this thing with Shaq. So he's in, he's in both things. And look, I've said before when I've been on here, Cody books himself like his daddy used to book himself. And that you don't have to be world champion, but you can all but you always put yourself in the middle of important things. And that's what he's doing. And look, Cody may never be AEW world champion. And he doesn't have to be because He's gonna. He puts himself in the middle of all the important things. And right now, I mean, look, remember, um, I mean, the whole time Mox was champion, <clears throat> he was basically second fiddle to Cody every week. And so, and look, I mean, you know, Cody just puts himself in the middle of stuff. And again, this is another thing where he gets a pass. Because, you know, he's getting to do 
what evil Vince wouldn't let him do, you know. And um, this match with this thing with Shaq is, oh boy. If, I mean, if it ends up being like, I don't know how this is going to turn into like a good match, actually, because look, y'all know Shaq mailed it in during his actual NBA career. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, so you can. He damn be- sure mailed it in during free throw practice. Yeah, I mean, but what's that? Yeah, I mean, he he mailed it in like the last five or six years for sure. He he mailed it in, and I don't see him taking an actual wrestling match, you know, super serious at all. So if if he actually gets in the ring, it's gonna be bad. Um, we know Brandy's no good in the ring, and. And so the other lady, Jade Cargill, she's kind of being put in a bad spot here because she's very new and and probably going to be very green in there. And and it's no fault of her own. But basically, you have one person in there, this whole thing, who's actually a good wrestler, and that's Cody. So however, this, if this ends up being a mixed tag or a one-on-one match or something, it's going to be bad. It really is. Um, more, more importantly than the more, more, real quick, Kyle. More importantly than the actual match. When you speak, when you give your opinion, Kyle, do you think that these things will help the bottom line of AEW? Okay, so before I get to that question, what I was going to say is I feel bad for Jade in the sense that, like, like Rob said, she's being put in this match with brandy and brandy's not good and my fear is okay so you've got a green wrestler going in there with another green wrestler but the other green wrestler is married to one of the bosses (laughs) i'm looking so like (laughs) so like if if she gets hurt who's gonna get blamed if something goes wrong and it doesn't go over well Who's going to get blamed? It ain't going to be Brandy because she's married to the boss. Even though every, like even the biggest of stands for that company will admit that Brandy Rhodes is not what they're there for. So like, I feel bad for her in that sense. Now, will it help the bottom line? I mean... If this were happening during basketball season and Shaq were willing to like cross promote on NBA tonight, then maybe it could help the bottom line. But considering it's happening right now when ain't no ball being played, I mean, I don't know. Cause like there's more crossover between the basketball audience and the wrestling audience than people want to realize. So. Rance, do you want to say anything about your boy Garrett, or do you want me to give the the very unlikely opinion that I'm going to give? The very unsuspecting you would not have thought that, that I would give this opinion first. Well, let me let me go before and so I can mute my mic so I can fucking yell obscenities at this mic. Would you? Okay, say yes, I love that. Bullshit. That's great. Uh, um, look, man, Cody is. God, this I feel sick to my stomach saying this, but Cody is, aside from Jericho, the closest thing they have to a known entity outside of wrestling. 
And that's because he's forced himself to be as such, which nonetheless, I don't care how it happened. It is what it is. So I truly do understand him wanting or thinking he should be the bridge for these things. I cool. You ain't got to do them all, big boy, big bro. You ain't got them all. Like, Sting, if Sting really truly came for Darby, then why the fuck is Cody involved? Cody wants to sit his, if Cody wants to sit and be in this thing with Shaq and Jade and Brandy, that's fine because that's in his own world. Cody got a show on TNT. Shaq got a show on TNT. I, whatever it is, why are you involved with Sting? What does that have to do with you? What does that have to do with anything? I don't understand. I don't even in the even in their little even in their interview, which Cody interrupted because it was Sting initially. Sting's talking about how he's not there for Cody. He's there for basically saying Darby. Which if and if you really want to make Darby a star, I right, cool. Cody, get the fuck out the ring. If you really wanted to make it something, have Taz out there by himself without Team Taz, and have Taz be the antagonist. What the fuck does Cody need to be in everything for? And that's what bothers me about him, is Rob said it best. Mox was the champ for a damn near year, but all people remembered is what Cody was doing. Because Cody has to, he has to make everything oh, about himself. Oh, but Rance, don't you know that like Cody, uh, Mox had the greatest world title reign of like the last 10 years? <laughs> Okay, I'm asking legitimately. Legitimately, I'm not being facetious because Mox had a great run. But name me two people he defended against. And I'm and, and Kenny doesn't count. Kenny doesn't count. Kenny doesn't count Lance, because it just happened. Lance Archer. Uh-huh. And Eddie Kingston. You did more than me. Good job. If I really sit here and think about it for about five minutes, I can tell you all of them. But you shouldn't have to think if it's a great rain. Should you have to think about it that deeply? It was this fresh. Oh, I mean, you know, I'm you know my opinion on Moxley. Yeah. So anyway, long story short, for Cody, uh, like, and like this character that Kenny is playing, cool because we know his dress. Like, the, it, he needed the character change. Cody's just been the same dick he's been ever since he left WWE. I like I, I don't I don't have any interest in watching anything he does. Zero. Zilch. Nada. Nil. Nine. <laughs> Settle. I don't know no other languages. Nan. That's hood. I don't know nothing. I don't care. <laughs> Go ahead, Carl. I'm muting my mic now so I can so I can cuss uh, you out while you don't I, hear well, me. Well, I don't think you'd be that mad about what I'm gonna say. You touched on it a little bit. Um So the one thing that Cody has going for him is that in a sea of very, very generic flippy-doos, Cody is one of the few guys that can play a character. He doesn't have to be a great wrestler. He's not a great wrestler. Cody is a three-star champion, okay? That is, whether you like it or not, in ring, Cody is a three-star guy, okay? However... He, he is pretty good at being a character, in my opinion. And all, I mean, if you go back and even to his WWE days, even with as what I would call garbage, like something like Star he made it work somehow. Okay. Because Cody has got some chops. I think that's fair. 
And I mean, you can disagree if you want to, and that's all right. But I, I do think no, that's you're fair. right. You're right. You're right. So I am actually okay with him inserting himself into things like you said with like Shaq. Okay, because the thing about stuff with like with guys like Shaq is like sh- as cool as we all think Shaq is, stuff like that with like celebrities and stuff. You need someone who's a character to make that work. Okay, you can't put like if I was using a WWE example, you really can't have like Cesaro out there running an angle with fucking Shaq. You know what I mean? Like name someone in AEW who isn't a great character. You can't really have them out there working with Shaq. Cody makes sense because Cody can carry the load in terms of like promo work, character work, that kind of thing. Now, to your point about Sting, I do agree with you. Um, you know, Cody doesn't need to be involved in everything, but this is the one, this is kind of what happens when your promotion is centered around being different and being the work rate show. And we're about the wrestling. When you get guys in that are simply there because they're popular and because we know who they are, the, the smart move is to put the guy who actually has a character in there running the show. Now, whether we like it or not, that's just, to me, that's just kind of, it makes sense. I'm not saying that that's what they should be doing. I agree with you, Rance, in terms of if we're trying to make Darby a star, why isn't he out here? You know what I mean? Why isn't at least Taz being the antagonist here? I'm with you, 100%. But I also see the logic because it's like, well, Cody's like the only real true character guy we have. I mean, if you, with with the exception of maybe Moxley, you know, I mean, you could argue Kenny, but Kenny's just really like, I mean, they, to me, he's not a great character. They got more. Eddie Kingston's a great character. Okay. Kong is a great character. They got more. They just don't push these motherfuckers. Right. But you're not going to like, I think at this juncture, at least you're not going to run Eddie Kingston out there to do anything with these guys because of the name value necessarily. To your you know? credit, to your point, real quick, you're right. But let that motherfucker talk for five minutes, then I bet you he'll be on <laughs> he'll be on TNT next week. Eddie Kingston is AEW's Samoa Joe. Yes. You know what I mean? Like that, 100%. That's, that's what he is. Great. But like I'm saying, that's why I like I get the, the anger towards everything that Cody does. But like in my as much as I don't like it either, in my brain, I can like piece it together and be like Eh, I get it because it's Cody and he is the guy you would go to for some of this stuff. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, of course he's the guy you go to because when they get the fucking letter in the fucking AEW mailbox, who opens the mail? Cody. <laughs> and I, I do got to interject here a little bit because right, I think in this case, because your point about Shaq is very true. I think that you needed somebody like Cody involved with him. But I don't think you needed Cody involved with Sting because Sting is yeah. a character. Sting, Sting, the character. Like you don't need. You can have Sting and Darby, and then whoever on the other side, like the Team Taz. Okay, and that you. That's enough. I don't mm-hmm. think Cody. I don't think Cody adds any value to this program because you got character people already. So I, I don't think he adds any value I to this one. I think here it's just um, 
I mean, unless he's going to end up having a match with Sting, you know, and then I could, you know, in that in that case, I could see him wanting to do that because that way he knows he can keep Sting safe in there. Who? And who knows he can keep who safe? Cody. Man, you been go. You almost got kicked off the call too. Fuck that. <laughs> okay, well, look, we're going to get to the to the concussion thing later, but um, I, I mean, Cody's not out here doing it to people. Um, if 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 I wanted somebody, if I was in Cody's position, and I know that you got somebody like Sting that we might be putting in that we're going to be apparently putting in matches, then. Yeah, I mean, I'd want somebody involved who is not going to get anybody killed, right? I mean, because you really think Cody is 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 the ring general enough to to be safe with with Sting? Cody's your guy. I took to jump in on Rob here. I would trust him over a lot of guys in that company. I don't know how many, yeah, but I would oh, definitely trust him over some guys. There's some guys in there that come from like you know you got like. Guys, I'm not saying where you would use them, but like guys like Omega, these guys that have worked in Japan and that hard that hard style. I mean, you got to think like like I said, Cody being the three star general, essentially, like he kind of works up, he he kind of works that safe style in a lot of ways, like the Miz does, or like the Miz does like three things, but they all work because he does them to perfection. You know what I mean? Like I can kind of see where you're coming from, Robert. Not saying I necessarily agree, but just I can I can get behind your logic there, I guess. Cody yeah. is the safe haven. He's the safe haven of, w- of of AEW. If you need, if you need to have a match where you, so you got to get protected, brother, call Cody. That's what we're doing now. <laughs> I didn't uh, say that. Nah, I agree with that. But that's no. no I mean, I'm talking about not. In, I'm talking about not injured. I mean, I, either I, him. Thing is, compared to other people there, I mean, and look, it, man. I mean, Sting is working with Darby. You know, Darby ain't safe. Um, yeah, but but but, but, Dar- but Darby ain't gonna do the shit. Safeness is really confined to himself. Yeah, Darby's the danger to himself. Darby He's is Mikey Whipwreck to others. Okay, I, I'll give you that. But oh, well, look, I'm, I'm trying to think of something. Okay, um, other than well, look, we know he he put himself in there because he wanted to be in it. Okay, I mean, yes. All right, and it's not the same as like when when they had Triple H work with Sting. It, it was for the very reasons I'm talking about here. But I think Cody just wants to be involved. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, oh boy. Well, so speaking of injuries, so speaking of this, let's pivot because I talk Cody anymore. I'm gonna throw up on air, uh, and y'all don't want to see that. Um, speaking of injuries, Alex Reynolds. What number is he, Kyle? He's number 10? Uh, I think so, yeah. Number 10 from the Dark Water. The well, big dude. Number seven. Well, <laughs> they, they leave that for a certain somebody. <laughs> that was funny as shit. I like that. Yeah. The Dark Order is really good. Like, they really have grown on me. I the Dark Order. I love Dark Order. I have a Dark Order shirt. You have a Dark Order shirt, yes. Good shit. Um, John Silver's partner. But we all remember the match, the, four, the four-way tag, where Alex Reynolds Alex got Reynolds knocked out. Knocked the Fuck out! To Debo, yeah. we'll talk. We'll talk about Tiny here in a minute. R.I.P. Um, he uh, had they were him and uh, John Silver on the AEW restricted unrestricted podcast, 
pretty sure Aubrey Edwards that runs that, but she does. When he spoke about it, he said this, and this is a direct quote. <clears throat> I was lying in the middle of the ring, waiting for Private Party to hit Event Omega, which is a combination splash and leg drop off the top rope. I got kind of rocked. What many people online don't know, because they weren't in the situation, was that I wasn't knocked out. I, I was awake the whole time. I remember everything and knew where I was. I knew what was going on in the match. I definitely, I definitely did a self-check of myself, fingers, and toes. The big thing everyone was complaining about was Pepper, a.k.a. the Butcher. Or the Blade, I'm sorry. Uh, the Blade dragged me to the corner. What people are not understanding is I just took a double-team move. Whether I got hurt or not, off the top rope in a four-way tag. In order to win the match, you have to be legal. So Pepper drags me to his corner so he can become legal and try to win the match. People were upset. Yeah, I was just laying there because I was selling this incredible move. But I was also rocked. I was making sure I was okay. I've been wrestling long enough to know, okay, I know where I am. I'm pretty sure I can continue. John looked at me and asked if I was okay, and I said, yeah, I think I'm okay. Then I slide into the ring, laying down the whole time. I said, okay, this is our spot. While I was on the ground and the doc was checking on me, the doc was checking on me. Once I stood up, I realized, oh no, that's when everybody realized I was hurt. It's chaotic, and I'll be honest, the worst part of it was the feedback I was getting on social media. That was the hardest thing, because the doctors and everybody, they knew, once they knew I was hurt, and once I knew I was hurt, I was like, I'm done. Get me out of here. People sit back and watch with the knowledge that I was already hurt. Did they handle it wrong? No. They handled it perfectly. Thankfully, I'm okay and cleared and ready to go. Sure. And I'm dating Scarlett Bordeaux. Did you guys know that? New I information? I freeway with Breezango last night. <laughs> oh, what? That's what's up. That's why they weren't on, on NSC last night? That's what's up. I wore them out. <laughs> First of all, who are these doctors for AEW? Dr. Kevorkian? Dr. Drew, Dr. Oz, like this is garbage. I'm tired of hearing about oh, these man, doctors. It's Dr. Mark. Well, it's, that's funny. I just Dr. caught that. Mark. It's actually Doc Samson who used to wrestle, who used to be the doctor, one of the doctors for the WWE. Was the same guy who told CM Punk he didn't no. have staff or whatever? Like no. I don't know. He still works for a man. Still works for <laughs> WWE. <laughs> That's you know, a that's, bad that's, look right there. You know, that's the guy that, you know, not only did he's the same guy that got caught up for dating Dana Brooke and not disclosing that he was dating her whilst while being her doctor. Oh, yeah, he's stay, he's staying shit. Yeah, you lose your license for that shit. He almost did. <laughs> I don't know, guys. I'm just I'll be honest with you. I'll let you guys go first about it. I'm just not buying it. Sounds like a bunch of bullshit to me to cover. And we talked about this earlier. Why are we still talking about this? They have pretty much managed to sweep this under the rug like they do every other fucking misstep oh. they make. 
That was like, October 22nd when it happened. It's December wow. 10th today. Wow. Go ahead. No, that's it. I just, I'm just, I want to hear what you guys have to say about this because I'm, 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 I'm in awe of the ability to sidestep this nonsense, but then bring it back into the, into the, into the world. Like, why would you even bother? Brother well, right, Robert, so, I'll let you go first. Okay, well, you know, I saw that. I was like, "This is horseshit." Okay, sorry. And then, I mean, come on. I mean, we watched the video. Okay, that you know, that is if he was selling, then I'm sorry. That is like the that is like the greatest selling job ever. If he was, <laughs> it needs to be in Hollywood. <laughs> yes. I mean, seriously, he, yeah, he, he needs, yeah, he needs, he needs to be right, exactly. And again, we we get the bullshit story after after everything happened, which is what we got with Matt Hardy coming out. You know, Matt Hardy should have been home, and they had him come out there and get in the ring and get on the mic and say, "No, man, everything's fine." Yeah, I wasn't concussed. Oh, seriously? I mean, and and like, look, like. Carl said, "Like this, this happened two months ago, right? We we had all moved on, right? I mean, but you have this. You got Matt Hardy. Um, what was it up? Well, Pentagon got hurt. Uh, I think the same night that this happened. I think Pentagon got hurt, didn't he? Yeah, uh, and he got, and he got hurt again last night, by the way, too, for the record. And then." And Brody has a mysterious injury that Tony Khan won't tell us what it is. Yep. Um, very COVID. Uh, so I mean, it's I didn't even think about that. Good point. Yeah, and and that's the other thing because you know, I mean, when they were all making all the kind of sloppy shop comments, and then they kind of quietly let out there that you know they had had some people that had it too. Um, I mean, um, not like. Yeah. What gets me with all this is like it makes sense. All of this makes perfect sense. And here's why it all makes perfect sense. This company is run by people who vanity search. This is a company run by a bunch of vanity searching um, narcissists who are obsessed with PR. At every turn. Like they are obsessed with PR. And so they can't let it go. They can't let it die. It's just beyond them to do that. Because they're just like. So obsessed with always having to be the good company. We're the cool good company. No we didn't fuck up. We can't fuck up. We care too much. We're run by the boys. The boys don't let each other get hurt, yo. <laughs> so let me jump in here real quick. The big issue and the thing that this brings to mind is for me is trust. We hear so much from the people who are faithful fans of AEW that they trust the management. They trust the vision. They trust Tony Khan. That's fine. But that's the big reason why I don't, I'm not behind them completely as a company, is because I don't trust them. Let me give you some reasons why. Just speaking of injuries, 
And and for those of you who are going to rebut me by saying, but WWE has injuries too, you're right. The difference is they show a propensity when somebody's injured in a match, they'll stop the fucking match. You know what, what I mean? Concept. So, nonetheless, and, and then, not, not only that, but they're forthright. Somebody's hurt. They'll, on Twitter, such and such has been injured. They they announce all injuries. Now, COVID's different because that's a, that's a, uh, whatever the thing is, call, thing. You can't, don't, you can't release somebody's HIPAA. Thing, HIPAA. HIPAA. Thank you. HIPAA, yeah, yeah, HIPAA, HIPAA, you know, whatever. HIPAA's education. HIPAA is the right one. Yes. But, Britt Baker, initially in the original Deadly's Place shows, got concussed. Aubrey Evers didn't stop the match. Wasn't talked about. Matt Hardy. Tony Khan tells everybody he wasn't concussed. I'm at the hospital with him now. His wife is telling everybody he was concussed. Clearly he was. Matt Hardy himself says, I'm not clear to wrestle. I won't be for a while. All right, cool. Pentagon gets hurt. Not talked about. All these injuries, and again, injuries happen. I'm not begrudging injuries, but it's the ones that can be fixed, and it's when it's not when you don't make changes to stop the injuries. And a a, a torn ligament or a broken limb, you can't do shit about that. You can protect the concussion when it's a spot that's not necessary. So, like so many of these spots are unnecessary, and every time these spots happen, the management tries to cover it up or divert your attention. That's why I don't trust them. Because if they were forthright, look, fucking concussions happen. We remember when Bree kicked the dog shit out of Liv, and they didn't stop that match. Yeah, They got destroyed for that. And you know what? Rightfully so. And they, they fixed it very quickly. So they would have came out and said, when Britt Baker got injured, we had an injury today. Cool. In fact, going furthermore, they spoke about in an interview after the Alex Reynolds spot that they brought Chris Nowinski in to talk about their concussion protocol. So who's lying? More importantly, more importantly, why? Why? Like, why now? Why this? Like, for real? This is the bullshit you want to die on? Yeah, that's so like, okay, I'm trying to like wrap my brain around it because we all acknowledge the fact that wrestling, much like any other sport or form of sport where you have athletes doing things quickly, you know, I mean, injuries happen and we can all live with that. You know, like nobody is going to begrudge AEW if someone gets hurt on their show. Like, unless it was just, like, you did something egregious, like a Darby Allen body bag spot. Or on WWE on Raw, where Jeff Hardy's out here doing swanton bombs and cracking his head on fucking steel steps. Those kinds of things deserve a double take. But, hey, if you do a move and you get concussed, cool, man, it happens. Like, it's that it, this isn't, you know, that wasn't planned. You did a move and it didn't work the way you wanted it to work out. We live with that. So there's really no point in trying to to do anything other than protect the worker at that point. Like at that point, we all know wrestling is fake. Uh Uh-oh, I said the word. We all know it. 
We oh all know this, gosh. okay? And that is okay. Like, it's okay because we're still watching this shit anyway. doesn't matter. Just protect your guy and let that be the end of it as opposed to doing what you did and then turning around and trying to make it this whole, oh, well, it was all part of the plan. No, it was not part of the plan. Like, all you do is make yourself look ridiculous. I just don't, it's once again, it's the, it's the, we call it all friends wrestling. We call it, um, by marks for marks. Another thing that we've always said is no lessons learned. And that's the thing with WWE. They have made a lot of mistakes. They've been around a long time too. And I think that's, you know, that's part of it, but they've gotten so much better at saying, all right, we have made a mistake here. We're not going to let these mistakes continue. You know what I mean? We're going to, it, so be it. If we got to stop a match, we got to stop a match. You know, oh, well, the show goes, like, you can always fix those well, things. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Can I read something real quick? Yes. This was November 4th. Remember, the injury to, to um, Alex Rose happened October 22nd. So that's two weeks? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um... AEW president and CEO Tony Khan recently spoke with PW Insider and revealed that the company has done a lot of work on their medical protocols as of late to make AEW the working environment the safest as possible. Khan noted that he recently added another independent neurologist to the AEW medical staff and an independent doctor to be present at all AEW shows in addition to their in-house medical team. Extra support for the team has also been added. Khan revealed that AEW also has a new two-way system where <laughs> referees can talk back to management in case there are any injuries. AEW referees have been encouraged to let officials in the back know what's happening. Khan revealed these additions when asked about recent AEW injuries and if they have given he and the company a chance to examine and look at ways they can address their medical protocols. Khan says, we've been recently doing everything we can to work on our protocols and make this as safe as possible work, as safe as possible work environment. I've added another independent neurologist to the staff. We've added an independent doctor at all the shows. In addition to our staff medical team, and we're adding extra support. I've added a two-way feature where the referee can talk back to us. There are injuries so that the referee, you know, not all communication is going one way. And I've encouraged referees to let us know what's going on. Khan also talked about former WWE superstar Christopher Nowinski working with the company. Um, fast forward to his part where, he, where his actual quote, Chris is actually coming back this weekend. So Chris will be at full gear. And I'm going to have Chris talk to all the staff and talent and me. It's been over a year since Chris came and saw us last. And I think it's probably overdue for Chris to come in and give us his thoughts and critiques. And it's, it's important that we listen to that. I'm so excited to have Chris come back because I think he's the world's leading expert on head trauma. <laughs> As to other injuries outside of head trauma... I think we should do our best there, too. But I think that's probably the area we're most concerned about being make sure we're doing everything safe. 
That was two fucking weeks after the damn injury, but you're telling me now he was never hurt? Right. I'm not stupid. Right. Like, what were you making an adjustment? What were you making an adjustment for then? I mean, you. I mean, come on now. I mean, yeah. Infuriating, insulting my intelligence like that. Infuriating. Because I mean, you don't do all of that if everything's fine. And yeah, I mean, just really, I mean. They just need to not be doing so many spots during the matches. Right? I mean, you don't need to drop people on their head. You don't need to do all, you know, all the apron stuff. Um, I'm, I'm not going to go that far, Rob. Like, because this just going to happen. What you need to not do is lie about something when it fucking happens. Because in, in a combat sport, injuries are going to happen. Don't throw somebody off of a damn scaffold going through a table 25 feet onto concrete, that might be smart. But other than that, if somebody gets hurt, fucking acknowledge it. That's all I'm asking. Don't lie about it. Yeah, and then, uh, then, oh, when we forgot a couple of times last year where, you know, Cody tweeted out, oh, so-and-so's a trooper. They got the flu and they came here and worked. (laughs) We forgot about that. Look, so we've talked AW enough, man. I've... Let's we got I got one more. I get I got one more and I'm very I'm actually pretty high on them right now, but this shit is ridiculous. Um so in 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 the news of things that will further piss Ray off, so Goldberg might be coming back. God damn it, why? Why Goldberg Goldberg sorry. Oh no one asked you. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you though. Well, so I'll break it down, and then Carl, you since you and Rob are excited about it, y'all can talk about about me. And I Kyle. literally just hit my head into a locker when you said the name Goldberg. So how you remember his name? Shouldn't that scramble your brain? You know what? Do you work for AEW? Do we need to call Chris Nowinski? I need you to call Doctor Who to fix <laughs> to fix whatever's wrong with me. To give yeah. you guys to to explain to you why we're talking Goldberg on the bump. Goldberg was on there. He was promoting something. I don't know. And he talked about how he's still waiting on Roman. He still has the better spear, and he wants Roman. Um, and the and the IWC and Twitter and social media has blown the fuck up. The the rumor now is, and of course, take rumors with all bullshit that they are. But the rumor now is that Goldberg versus Roman is being talked about for WrestleMania, possibly the Rumble, but most, but more so WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> so, are you are you saying that the internet is blowing up at the news of Goldberg? Yes, but it's not in your way. It's in me and Kyle's way. They are not happy <laughs> at all. Well, the good thing is, I don't give a shit what the internet thinks because the internet's ninety nine percent of the time full of it. However, I will say this. I 100% understand if you are not here for Goldberg and Roman, I get it. Okay. Like I am not going to begrudge you not being here for Goldberg and Roman at the same time. I will use the age old argument rants that you have always used when it comes to the WWE, especially big shows like WrestleMania. 
It's a variety show. There's a little bit of something for everybody. And somebody, somebody out there won't, might want to see Roman and Goldberg. However, Roman and Goldberg for WrestleMania is not the move. I don't like that. If they're going to do it, I'd be more inclined to see it at the Rumble or even after WrestleMania like SummerSlam. However, if you bring Goldberg on the bump right now, it seems like something you're not going to wait all the way until next August to do. Um, so there's, there's, there's yes and no about this. I do want to see it just because it'll be a train wreck and I love a good train wreck. Um, I'm not like over the moon about it necessarily. I'm more just pulling your chain because that's what I like to do. But you know, it is for some people, it is a dream match. If you go around enough and search enough of the, uh, the crevices of the internet, you're going to see some people out there here for it. However, the problem is you missed the boat last year with it. You know, Roman wasn't going to be part of the show. And so now the luster's a little worn off, in my opinion. So I get it. I get luster. both sides of it. Yeah. Well, all right. Yeah, okay. There was some luster, Kyle. There was a little excitement for it going to WrestleMania. Go ahead, Rob. Okay. So here's the thing. Like, again, and I mean, I agree that, that like, if you're just not, if it's just not what you had want, then okay, that's fine. Um, personally, it's going to be a six-minute match on a three, four, or five-hour show. If that's going to ruin your whole day, then I don't know what to tell you. Um, it's it's not going to be a half. It's not going to be like a half-hour Triple H match or something. Okay, it's it's going to be less than ten minutes. It's going to be one match on the show, and more than likely, Goldberg ain't winning. Okay. And they're bringing him in because, again, it's WrestleMania. So, I mean, having, it is WrestleMania. Yeah. So, real quick, Rob, I'll let you finish. Just say one thing. Now, if Goldberg does win, burn it down, guys. Just fucking burn the house down. I'm on. I'm with you on that. Okay. Like, if Goldberg wins that title from the Tribal Chief, you gotta burn. Yeah. You gotta burn Stanford down. Outside of yeah, that. I, no, I, yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, look, I will, I will offer up no defense if they do that. And look, and I had no problem with him beating, you know, Fiend last year, right? But, um, but I, yeah, you, you will get, you will get no, no defense from me if they do that. Um, that being said, if you look at the other options, like for a WrestleMania opponent, all right, we look, Rock's not coming this year. We know that. All right, just because of the circumstances, he's it's not going to be him. He's not coming. So that leaves us with out of who's left, you know, Big E or Daniel Bryan. Um, if you're as far as you know, like a marquee kind of thing, Goldberg is more of that than either of them. Uh, and look, and and I said this on Twitter as well talking with somebody, you know, they got nine months after WrestleMania to, to have either Big E or Daniel Bryant go against Roman Reigns, right? I mean, it's not like WrestleMania is the last show of the year, right? I mean, well, also, nine though, like, if you look at it with Big E, like, a lot of us kind of thought they were pointing out in that direction, but he, they, I mean, 
I don't feel like they've really spent a whole lot of time. I mean, you're already about four and a half months away now, five months, right, from WrestleMania. They haven't spent just a ton of time really building Big E in the way that you would have thought if that's the direction they were thinking about going. Daniel Bryan, of course, he's a made man. You can insert him at any point. Um, So Big E would need a rumble win, in my opinion, to make that work at this point, at this juncture. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to me, honestly, there's still a stature issue. I mean, I think um, now, because I said this is another thing I suggested on Twitter is that if if a Big E will is eventually going to win the title, then like you you have to do something with him where he shows that he can hang with Roman first. The same way where like when they threw Roman in there with Brock at 31, and a lot of people were thinking that Roman just didn't belong in there with Brock Lesnar. And then by the time the match was over, everybody, unless you were a hater, you know, everybody, it was obvious that he did. So, I mean, they're going to have to give B.E. some type of thing moment where he shows that he, that he can actually hang on that stage with Roman. I mean, and look, I mean, we didn't think Jey Uso would be able to do that. And he did. So. Yeah. I say it yeah, on man. this show. But um, look, to me, I'm, uh, all right, all jokes aside, would I rather Roman wrestle somebody other than Goldberg? Well, even though I like to see Roman versus Goldberg, yeah, I would like to see Roman with somebody who would have a, you know, who you could have a 10, 15-minute match that's, you know, better. But, you know, and look, a, a five- or six-minute match that's laid out kind of similar to how the match Goldberg had with Brock at 33, I think would be fine. And it could potentially be very good. And if it ends up being very good, then hey, y'all can suck it. Okay? <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean... I say it on this show every single week and I will say it on this show until the cows come home. I am not here for the Attitude Era in 2020. Get that shit the fuck off my screen. Also, I'm not here for five-minute Goldberg squash matches in 2020. You can get that shit the fuck off my screen, and you can miss me with all of it. That's fair. You're consistent. Okay. So so let me me jump in here. I have... have a couple of contentions with Roman versus Goldberg. First and foremost, I could give a fuck less what happens in the ring. However, I'm really tired of spear, 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 jackhammer, 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 kick out, kick out, kick out matches. I'd like some more nuance to a match. After a certain, like the match with him and Braun Strowman was just like, I, it was just like, I boo-boo to me. Like, I get it. It's cool to see, I, I like seeing two big horses, like, Go against each other, but you got to do something other than just finish your finish your finish your finish your. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Before you like, before you say more, I just want to say real quick. So I hate to do that, but like, Roman Reigns has so much more capability as a wrestler than Braun Strowman that you could possibly get something out of that shit as opposed to what Strowman and Goldberg could do. Goldberg doesn't have any more. Goldberg doesn't have any more than that. He's never had more than that. The best he ever had was with. With Paige, and the only reason the match with Paige was honestly good was because Paige hit him with the diamond cutter. <laughs> That's the only reason. Go back and watch the match. Goldberg did the same thing he does in every match. It's just he allowed Paige to hit him with the diamond cutter. 
uh, and it's important to note that he allowed Paige. That's important. However, my biggest contention with the situation is this. What Roman right is doing right now is art. The story he's telling right now is art. It is, it is nuance and it is storytelling at its highest form in wrestling. So to see this fully developed arc that is clearly leading to WrestleMania in some form or fashion, whether it's Rock, whether it's Brian, whether it's Jay Uso in a final in a final match, it there's a story being told. So with this with this story being told, with Kevin Owens jumping in and Brian being thrown in, and you know you got uh, Jay and Jimmy's coming back and all this involved, and then you're gonna throw in Goldberg out of nowhere. It's literally like throwing Gilbert Goffrey in the middle of. You know, in in the middle of the the Phantom Menace or whatever movie you want to think about, and just diverting from the actual point of the movie for like fifteen minutes for nothing. Like if if I would be be better with better, uh, I would be better and okay with it. If you throw if you bring Goldberg in at a point where Roman doesn't have anything going on, for example, like if Oscar right now has nothing going on. And she has no championship feud. She jumped into an already made feud with Lana and Shayna and Nia. If you throw the Goldberg equivalent of 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 the Goldberg equivalent of whatever it is in women at Oscar right now, fine. Because Oscar didn't have anything going anyway. Roman got something going. So to throw Goldberg out there just for whatever the fuck reason, and then here's the most important thing. Ain't gonna be no fans at WrestleMania. You ain't, ain't no bar rates gonna be raised, ain't no ticket sales gonna go up, ain't no ratings gonna go higher. It's gonna be the same thing. So That's actually is, that actually could work both ways though. That with no fans, like you could run that in, in the same the same argument as hey, fuck it, we'll throw Goldberg out there. I mean, that's eh. Well, I I don't think you could because you're paying Goldberg all this goddamn money to do nothing. Well, you could just go ahead and pay the 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 million and a half Big E make. And keep it, keep it, keep it moving, or whatever it is. I don't know how much Big E makes. I'm I, what, I, what I'm about to say is not going to make you happy, but I will say this: Yes, you're everything you just said is completely legitimate. What Roman Reigns right now is doing is some of the best shit you're ever going to see in, in in wrestling in terms of storytelling. But it's your boy Vince McMahon, and he's going to do thing. That he thinks is best, whether we whether we're over here looking at a beautiful Picasso painting or not, he's going to be over here tossing paint all over it if he decides that's what he wants to do, because that's this is whether we like it or not. This is the kind of shit that he does, and if we can spend two hours shitting on AEW, we can damn sure spend another few minutes making sure Vince McMahon is shit on equally. Because he is the kind of guy that will jump into something that's going completely great and throw it right off the rails. This is, this is, he does this, like whether we like it or not. And I'm not saying that it's what he should do, but I will not be in the least bit surprised if it is what he does. Look, WrestleMania is, it's, it's the show of shows, right? So like, there are some stories 
like when you had Kofi and Daniel Bryan, there are some stories that write themselves, right? Like Kofi that night in the Elimination Chamber, that shit wrote itself, okay? With Roman, he he's so good and so great that even by throwing Goldberg out there in the middle of whatever he's doing is not going to derail his momentum because unless he loses, that's the main point, which is why it is a risk because – you worry that if Vince throws Goldberg out there, that for some fucking dumbass reason, he'll be like, oh, Goldberg will win, should win. So I think there's, we just have to realize that while Roman is giving us art and he is taking this blank canvas and making it great, Vince still can very easily take a big old dump on it just because that's what Vince wants to do. And Vince is hard-headed and stubborn. And that's just the reality of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nah. So what I hope is that, you know, well, I, well, what I would hope is that Roman would finally learn those six magic words that he that he had seemed to have not up until this year. It seemed like he has not learned the six magic words, and that I really doesn't hope- work for me, brother. <laughs> that doesn't work for me, brother. That's a no for me, dog. Yeah, I mean, and so I'm hoping that he has finally learned. Because, look, as much, look, he's one of my, once I love the guy, there have been times where he absolutely should have <laughs> said those words, and he didn't. So, so I hope. I mean, I mean, let's be real. Let's be real. For years, and this is one thing, I, I, like, the IWC was right for the wrong reasons on this one. This is one thing they were right about for the wrong reasons. Roman as a heel is way better. Roman should have turned heel fucking years ago. This shit See, I, is art. But I disagree. Here's why I disagree. One of the reasons that it works so well now is because he did it, he did it for because, so long. Because we got because his character is building off of five years of frustration. Yes. And so, all the IWC fans wanted him to turn heel. That was that was that was that was the that was the controversy. Is that well? Clearly, this dude should be a heel, but you keep throwing him out as a face. Well, now you fucking see why. And well, another thing is, I can guarantee you that the IWC didn't when they say when they're saying turn Roman heel. This is not what they had in mind. That's true too. They they wanted him to hit you know Dean Ambrose with a chair or something, and <laughs> you know and it, yes, um, I don't know why that made me laugh so much. It's just yeah. Like, He's right. Oh, I'm a heel now. I hit you with a chair, pal. They want, they want to be generic killed yeah. number five. Yeah. 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 And they wanted him to hit Dean Ambrose with a chair. And then, you know, Michael Cole would be like, why, Roman? Why? And then, you know, a few months music later, to that bullshit Keith Lee came out to for like a month. And then, and then, and then, you know, and then, uh, you know, within six months, he'd been losing clean the Dean at SummerSlam or something. That's what the, the internet dorks had in mind when they said turn him heel. Okay. One hundred and fifty thousand percent factual. It was not this. Okay. So no, I am not gonna give the internet credit. I'm not gonna say they were right because they this is not what they wanted. They did not want this. Okay. So um and look, I think again, um waiting this long to do it, you know, it's earned and there's actual, and look to me, it, turning people heel. I think there, there, 
it 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 happens too willy nilly now, or it's it, you know for years it's been happening too willy nilly in every company, and like it, 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 I think you need to ride it out and then build up some actual reasons for the person to do it, and it always work better. Yeah, you don't, um, you don't just change for the purpose of changing. Yeah, and then, but and but you know, but that's what the internet wants. The internet wants people to change just because. Um, the internet wants you to put the belt on people. You know, damn the story. They just want you to put the belt on somebody because they deserve to have the belt. Or get the belt off gender, which is bullshit. But you know, <laughs> oh, it always goes back to gender. I saw I saw a tweet today where someone said that uh, that landstorm was misused, and Lance responded. Showing four oh, yeah. pictures of him with the belt, like you sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you're right. You're 100 right. But we know what it is. But if yeah. there's one thing that I, I don't, even the biggest hater can can't has to acknowledge is that Roman is killing it right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah be, you're on crack hater. if you think otherwise. Well, I know some crackheads. <laughs> yeah. But uh. So look, yeah, I'm actually if if. I mean the, the 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 risk here for me is the you know you know Goldberg winning is the risk, but other than that, it's going to be a five minute match, and I mean, would you rather? I mean, would you rather? I would rather have yes. literally anything. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yes, you By took that my mouth. Took that my mouth, Kyle. I would rather just stop the sentence. Yes, I'll be honest with anything. You. I don't think it's going to happen at WrestleMania. If I had to put my money on it right now, I don't think you're going to see it at WrestleMania. I'd be okay after the SummerSlam. I'll be honest with you. As long as Roman goes over and it's not for the bill, I'd be okay with that. I would still rather see literally anything else. I respect that. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I just, my thing is just, I take issue with, with people that want to, you know, write dissertations and such. And And my last thing I'll say about it is, because I know some people got got upset when they when he when the news came out that Goldberg resigned in the first place, or I think or it came out that he was still in the contract. All right, and I'm gonna you know take some more shots at our friends on the other side of the street here. If if Goldberg became free and available, and for some reason Vince did not want to bring keep him there, he would be on the root beer show. Y'all know he would. Like all friends. Okay, if if Terry Bolia became free and available, he would be on the root beer show. Like Sting? Yes. So, I mean, talk about hoarding talent. I mean, Sting has essentially sealed up the Wednesday night thing for the near future. Okay. So we can talk about old guys not all we want. I mean, he's pretty much sealed for the next at least couple of months. I think he's pretty much sealed that up. Be honest, man. NXT never had much of a chance because NXT no. has that WWE stake on it. That's well, why. but they, 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 they occasionally do win. A, they have a still occasionally won a week, though. Right? Well, they will. They will get a week too. They'll still get a week every now and then because they well, ain't gonna uh, be on the show every every Wednesday. Well, no, but still, I mean, but they're not going to tell you when he's not coming. So, I mean, they're, right. you know, well, but, they're smart. But my, you know, my, my but, point, um, yeah, yeah. 
my, my point is, I know people that had that were diehard NXT fans, and they say your industry isn't the same anymore. Why? Because AEW. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that too, and that's because. And my comment to that was that now they can't pretend. You know, they can't do the thing they used to do is where they pretend, you know, it's not part of the WWE anymore. Yeah, NXT was 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 different. Yeah. Yeah, and they can't. And now, you know, they can't. You know, they can't pretend that anymore. And of course, somebody, you know, people took issue with that, but whatever. It, I mean, it's the truth. Even though, I mean, week to week, the NXT TV is way better now than it was when it was on the network. I mean. You know, and look, I've got an argument with somebody about that, and I told them to go back to 2013 and watch some of those Bull Dempsey matches and then get back to me about how good the weekly TV was for NXT shout back then. Shout out to Bullfit. Let's get out of here, man. Is it was that was that anything was that was that it? Did you I know we came up with topics late. Oh. Was there anything else you guys wanted to get to? Well, I, just got one. Oh, I had one parting shot about old guys in general. Okay. Okay. And this is whether it's Sting or Goldberg or whoever. Um, to me, as long as they can go out there and not get crippled in the ring, as long as they can go out there and do something, I'm perfectly fine with having old guys on your wrestling show. And honestly, and the other thing is, I don't really care if they. You know, I don't think that they have to do jobs either. I mean, because in my example of this is back in like 85 and 86, Bruno was like 50 years old or he was over 50 years old. And they he occasionally worked. He he would work house show match in the garden or something like that. And they, look, they had him work with, you know, Piper or Randy Savage even. And now he didn't pin any of those guys in those matches. But he didn't go out there and job either. And nobody had a problem with it. Nobody was out here saying, well, man, Bruno needs to, if he doesn't put over Randy Savage, then that's just wrong. Nobody cared. People were rooting for Bruno. No, but no, but they rooted for Bruno to win those matches. Wasn't nobody talking about it would be bad booking if Bruno doesn't do the job. Okay. They liked Bruno. Bruno was their man. They wanted and they didn't even know what the word booking meant back then. Yeah, regardless of the world. And I'm, I'm, yes, I know that. And I'm just, make, that's why I make, I'm making my old man get off my lawn point here. Okay. <laughs> as long as you know, because it's, as uh, long as you realize that it's kind of an antiquated point. I well, guess I'm, you, I'm going to make it anyway because people in 2020 are stupid. Okay. And not you guys, but. Well, thank you for that. Okay. <laughs> thank you for the discernment. <laughs> but. I mean, it it just, it just bothers me because you know why? Because back then, the old guy got in the ring, and if the old guy was the face, you rooted for him. You didn't care, you know. There wasn't these long, drawn-out thoughts about whether this was good long-term booking or not, right? I mean, when Terry Funk was still going in ECW, people rooted for Terry Funk to win. Nobody Nobody cared whether or not it would have been good for, you know, you know, Sabu, if or Sabu, if if he lost to Terry Funk, nobody cared. Okay, it was good to see Terry Funk and to see Terry Funk still going. And if you like Terry Funk, you're rooted for him to win. Okay, even Balke, I mean, it is perfectly fine for the old guys to win. 
if they go in there, all right, and it, it's okay. It's a show, okay, people. I mean, seriously, it, okay. I mean, when when Dusty worked those last couple of matches, when he you know when he was way too old to be in there, it, people were happy if he won. It's okay. It really is. It really is. Okay. The idea that this whole thing about giving the rub to the younger people, if the younger people are good enough, then they will make out, they will make their good career. Okay. If you cannot survive losing one match, then you weren't that good to start with. All right. Daniel Bryant got pinned in 18 seconds at WrestleMania by Sheamus. Two years later, he was in the main event and he beat three members of Evolution on the same night. Okay. You know, Triple H got buried by the Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania 12. Okay. Gave him the pedigree. Warrior kicked out on two, hulked up, and just annihilated him in like 30 seconds after that. Triple H, I think, did okay after that. Okay. I mean... It's it's a show, people. Just watch the show. Yeah, I can live with that. All right, Rob, get your plugs in, and then I'll do the plugs, and we'll get out of here. Okay. Uh, on Twitter, rbnne one. If I'll call you stupid. Um, <laughs> uh, um, also, robsagenius.com, and you'll see I do stuff for chairshot.com. Also. I'm frequently here with the guys, and I also have my own podcast, the Rob the Genius Podcast, where I also call people stupid. So <laughs> that's the gimmick. Yes. All right. You, as always, y'all, you can find me on Twitter at Dr. S'mores. You can find our good brother Carl on Twitter at Outsider Curvin. You can find our good brother Rance on Twitter at it's Ray Cash, R-E-Y, as in Mysterio, C-A-S-H, as in them dollars. Raymond O. Cash, apparently. Well, I'm, I'm Irish today, yeah. <laughs> uh, you can find the show on Twitter at Outsiders Edge CS at Outsiders Edge. Give us the fucking handle. It's Hanukkah. Christmas, it's Hanukkah. Come on. It's Rosh Hashanah. I'm going um, to light up the menorah for you if you shout, if you shout me out. With that, hit me up with that Twitter handle, bro. It's we'll leave, we'll leave you. We'll leave you some nice, a nice batch of milk and cookies if you just hook us up there. I'll buy you a dreidel. Oh Jesus! <laughs> a really nice dreidel, like a fancy name brand one, made out of clay, perhaps. Ah, uh, we're getting a little too expensive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Anyway, uh, y'all, we are part of the Chairshot Media Network at Chairshot Media, where you. Always use your body parts, preferably your head. Yeah, mostly your head, please. Uh, And remember, y'all, we here at The Outsider's Edge are just some increasingly not-so-young gentlemen doing everything that we can to make it out here in this world. And sometimes we're going to say some mildly controversial things like, is it really going to move the needle that Shaq is there? And it might. Honestly, it might. Um, and then other times, we're going to say some less controversial things like, man, Goldberg, get the fuck out of here with that nonsense. See ya!
Boo. But no matter what, y'all, we're just out here chasing our dreams, and you have got to respect that. Because as you can hear from my dog going crazy, we surely don't give a fuck. That's that's dog speed for fuck them. <laughs> Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next time.